You're listening to the Growth Exponential Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Nancy Weissman, who's the Executive Director of the Jewish Interest-Free Loan of Atlanta, or otherwise known as JIFLA. Nancy has a strong background in business and in nonprofits, and I'm excited for the opportunity to learn from her today. So let's jump into the conversation. Nancy, welcome. Thank you very much, Bradley. I'm really glad to be here. Thank you. Well, I'm just, I'm just thrilled to connect with someone that's making, when times are tight, that like helps relieve some of that tightness. So I'm super curious, can you share at a high level about Jewish Interest-Free Loans Atlanta? Absolutely. So as the name implies, we make interest-free loans to Jewish community members for any number of reasons. Our mission is to provide some financial stability and relief through interest-free loans. That's, that's succinct. It's, uh, it's a clear, I know what you do now. Not that I didn't know before, but uh, right. I love that. Uh, they, they, they so often say when you're in an elevator with someone like, how, how can you get that off, uh, this story off in uh, as short of a time as possible mm-hmm. that uh, people want to learn more? And I definitely want to learn more, but I want to know about the woman who is behind this. Like, tell me about your story and how you ended up in this place. Well, sure. It's actually a little bit of a funny story. Um, My background is healthcare IT. I worked in healthcare hospital computer softwares from college all the way through. And a few years ago, I was very active in the school board, and the school was planning a trip to Azerbaijan. They were going to package and distribute matzah over Passover. So I thought, well, I could be the chaperone on that field trip. Why not, right? So I called the teacher. He had heard that I would be available and interested, and it was going along smoothly. And he said, well, why is it that you have all this free time, you know, that you're able to go to Azerbaijan? It's not like it's around the corner. And I said, well, I'm in between jobs. I haven't decided what I want to do right now besides play tennis. And he said, oh, you should talk to my wife. She's the chairman of JIFLA, and their executive director moved to Arizona about six months ago, and the position is open, and they're really looking for somebody. So I thought, okay, so long story short, I interviewed for that job. She went on the trip as the chaperone, and here I am five years later acting as the, and continuing on as the executive director. So, and I love it, it's great. What a, what a great story. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we have a lot of familiarity in that, or similarity in that space. I've always wanted to go to Azerbaijan. Like it's on my list of places to go. It doesn't look like with COVID, I'll be going there mm-hmm. anytime soon, but you also haven't had now, No, I know. And she's been twice. It's not fair. What school was it that that went? Yeshiva Atlanta, which is now um, a part of Atlanta Jewish Academy. Oh, I love that. I graduated from, uh, I went to Yeshiva Atlanta. Oh, did you? So did all three of my children. We do have a lot in common. We do. We do. It's uh, it was a very special place. We would, uh, we'd go to Waffle House in the morning and then sneakily go to Waffle House and then go to Yeshiva. Mm, I understand. And my kid's day, it was QT. <laughs> nice, nice. It's on the way. It's on the that way. That sure is. Amazing. So mm. um, there's, y'all have some really exciting things going on, especially during COVID. Could, could you share with us about some of the programs that you have that are really pushing the needle for, for individuals that are both, that are just across the age spectrum? Absolutely. So you're, you hit the nail on the head about special programs with COVID. One of the first things we did was launch a a COVID campaign to provide emergency assistance, interest-free loans. And then 
the entire Jewish community under the auspices of the Federation did an emergency campaign and we were in the right place really at the right time and fortunate and that we're geared to provide interest-free loans. And so we received a nice grant from Federation in addition to the campaign that we did. So we have a nice COVID fund for interest-free loans. So what we came up with, we quickly realized that the needs are great and they need to turn around quickly. And a lot of times what we would call our typical borrower um, is not a COVID emergency applicant. So we came up with a shorter, more streamlined application that requires less information, has different criteria in terms of payback, in terms of a guarantor, and we can talk about the need for a guarantor later. Um, but we have made a lot of these loans and they range anywhere from $1,000 to $7,500. And we also, and if you might have noticed in our name of our organization and, and our mission, we typically only provide loans to Jewish community members. But working with the board, we realized that there's a lot of non-Jewish Jewish agency employees who would benefit from a COVID emergency loan. Maybe they were furloughed, maybe they were a nurse or a CNA who has reduced hours or pay or is not receiving any overtime. So we made in a special stipulation in these COVID loans where these individuals that are not Jewish are able to apply for a COVID emergency loan. The other thing, we, yeah, no, it's been, it's a terrific program. And actually with one of the organizations, we even set up a payroll deduction program so that the loans can be repaid by payroll deductions. And then that organization once a month sends the money to us. So we try to make it as easy and as streamlined and as effortless as possible for these applicants. That's such a smart way to do it because I always, I mean, there's a few concerns that I always have with the loans. One of them on the lender side is like how to get the money back. And when I was living in Israel and Jerusalem, I ran a free loan center out of my, it's not a center, center Did meaning you? like I was the center. I ran it out of my locker in yeshiva and maybe it had like 500 bucks in it, but like everyone would come over and I would keep track of it because you know this idea that the highest the highest level of tzedakah, of, of, of justice, is enabling others to accomplish and to, to become self-sufficient. And, and doing mm -hmm. so, that, that it's, it's so interesting. I was just reading about the Hafez Chaim, who wrote a book, the book that specifically this is in is called Ahavat Chesed, and that Gimilut Chasadim, this idea of having tzedakah and being able to give it interest-free, it just builds such great community. And the fact that you have the opportunity to build during COVID with both um, Jews and individuals who are not Jewish that are working at Jewish institutions mm -hmm. is such a powerful piece. And then the second part that I wonder always, and the second part when, when thinking of loans is like receiving loans and I get nervous receiving loans because I'm always, especially the idea of an interest-free loan, like mm -hmm. what's the catch? Do you get people that ask those types of questions and how do you respond to them? Absolutely. You hit the nail on the head on three points. One is, you're right, the concept of loaning money interest-free, it goes all the way back to the Torah reading Mishpatim, which is coming up in February. Um, and we're rooted in this history of Jews don't charge other Jews history uh, interest. So that's great, right? But there's a certain 
people do say, what's, they have a stigma perhaps of, I don't want to borrow money. Jews shouldn't need to borrow money. All, you know, Jews should never be in this position, which could not be further from the truth. You know, Jews are like everybody else. We have financial issues and financial woes, whether they're emergency or whether they're um, unexpected expense or whether it's just a accumulated debt. So there is a certain stigma that we try really hard to avoid and overcome. And then the other thing about what's the catch? The answer to that is we are able to continue making new loans because existing loans are repaid. So basically it's a beautiful concept of recycled dollars. The loans go out, the payments come in, and then that same money goes back out again month after month, year after year. So then the lead up follow-up question to that is going to be, well, if you recycle the money, why do you need more money? And the answer to that is we're making more and more loans. Five years ago, six years ago, I think we made 12 loans the whole year. This year, we made 55 loans. That's a huge increase. So yes, the money is recycled and it comes in and it goes out, it comes in, goes back out, but we're making more loans, so we need more money. Um, again, we're fortunate on the COVID side to receive that Federation grant, so we're able to meet the demand that we have for the COVID loans. So I've, I've got to ask, sure. now that you've shared that, where is, as far as the amount of money that you're able to loan out, and it's great mm -hmm. that you've grown from 11 to 55 loans, um, where is it that you're now and where is it that you'd like to be in a year or two from now? That's a really good question. So we, when I first started, I was the only employee. I'm actually part-time. Um, you wouldn't know it. My husband always teases me. It's a good thing that we have COVID because now you have a lot to do, right? But we've grown from one part-time employee to three part-time employees, which has been a tremendous asset, especially as our loan volume has increased. We are doing everything we can to increase, I hate to use the word market share, but our level of awareness throughout the community, because we feel like, okay, 55 loans was a lot of loans. It's a lot of growth over the last couple of years, but there are probably hundreds more people who would apply for an interest-free loan if they knew about us. So we feel like where we want to go is to have the level of awareness that people who need a loan are actually coming to us and asking for a loan. Mm, so it's so it's twofold there, both the individuals coming and having that awareness mm -hmm. and also having the ability not to have to turn an increased demand away and providing them that which is, uh, is needed. So I, I've heard about a few of the programs that y'all are starting up mm -hmm. and running. Um, could you share a little bit more about those that you have going on? Okay, sure. So a couple of years ago, we started what we called a women's empowerment funding program. The idea here was that a lot of women are either looking to advance their career or they're looking to raise a family as a single parent. We, we noticed we were making a lot of loans to women get in the process of getting divorced or wanting to take some professional advancement courses in order to make more money and better provide for their, mostly for their children. So we have made several loans in this area. This past Hanukkah, we ran a program called the uh, Warriors of Maccabee Warriors Program. And the whole goal of that was to raise awareness about women and strong women that are doing things in the community. We did a uh, 
Maccabee Warrior Women's Program over Hanukkah. And we solicited nominations of Maccabee women, strong women in the community, um, either behind the scenes or for work that they're doing, you know, throughout the community for themselves and for others. And the main reason we did that was to raise awareness specifically of women so that they would know about JIFLA and the interest-free loans that we have. It went really well. It was probably our most popular social media posting ever. Um, another new program that we're working on is uh, right now we're calling it the Young Adult Council. Again, what we're trying to do is attract some young professionals, some young adults. We see the need. We recognize that we get a fair number of loan applicants from this demographic. Um, we want to engage young adults and get them involved with us and then basically tap their networks to raise awareness throughout their entire social media and colleague communicate community community that's you know i'm just thinking of it and that's tough because with young people there's so much of a there's so much of a hustle culture mm -hmm. that exists with like bring in the money whatever it takes college isn't important like each of these different things and I, how do you which is incredibly attractive how does one or what is kind of the I know they're creating your marketing plan and other pieces but mm -hmm. what's one way that one makes giving interest-free loans out attractive for young people okay so let me give you a prime example have you heard of Moisha House for sure Okay, so last weekend we gave a webinar program to two of the local Moisha houses. And what we did is we spoke to the residents and their network about budgeting and financing credit card, credit card debt, credit card um, FICO scores. It was a real education course for them. And at the same time, we explained to them about JIFLA, what we do, and how we can help people in, a, in this particular demographic with interest-free loans. For example, several of them have student debt that they would like to eliminate. Um, they have credit card debt. Maybe they want to buy a new car to get to work. I think a lot of it is a lot of people don't realize that an interest-free loan can be very useful to move your career and your personal life ahead to the next step in an easy way. And, and without knowing about us and without seeing some of these examples of ways that an interest-free loan could help them, then they would never have thought to come to us. But as a result of that webinar, we got a few phone calls that said, oh, I think I'm going to apply for a loan because my car needs a new transmission. Or um, I'm thinking about moving out of the moisture house in a week because I might be getting married and I want to put a down payment on a condo. And those are things that they never would have thought of in the past. And as they learn about us and spread the word, then in turn, their friends and colleagues will do the same. So we're actually not necessarily asking them to give us money. Maybe they'll give us, you know, $50 for now. But, you know, 20 years from now, they'll be maybe not even 20 years. They'll be more involved. Maybe they'll be on the board. Maybe they'll be a chairman of the loan committee. Who knows? You never know. But this is what we're trying to create. It's so important because we, we so often ask ourselves in the Jewish community when when young Jews are departing from our community so rapidly, what are ways on, in different ways that we can provide value to their lives through a way such that it's, it's an immediate benefit for them. So, I mean, with Moisha House, which provides a place to live and mm -hmm. people there for young people, you know, 
in their 20s to create events. And then having that partnership makes a ton of sense because that financial literacy is something that's missing and like how to do and where to go to find and ask for the support one needs. That's, mm-hmm. that's so special. I, I, I'd imagine that for many of them when they, they're going to be tying that back to JIFLA um, with having that piece. And it's great to hear that they're stepping into uh, that. You've shared a couple of success stories, mm-hmm. but, but what, is, what is like one of the most moving success stories or touching success stories that you've had where you've really pushed the needle for someone? Okay. I can give you a couple. Here's a very recent one that's very COVID much related, very much COVID. There was a young woman who worked for an ad agency. The First, the company cut back her hours, and then ultimately the company left. I don't know if they closed or they just let everybody go, but within 24 hours, she had to turn in all of her equipment. So, right. So she very quickly realized she needed to buy her own equipment so that she could a, do a job search, and B, maybe even think about going out on her own in the advertise, advertising space. So we made a $5,000 loan for her so that she could buy a computer. It had to be some pretty high-end technology to go with her computer. So she got the computer. She spent the next two or three weeks looking for jobs, applying for jobs, and also applying for grants to help her over the hump as she was looking for a job. So about a month ago, I get a phone call. She says, well, I used my new computer to apply for a job and I also applied for a grant, which I got. And the grant is specifically to pay off this interest-free loan. So she wrote me the most beautiful note. And she said, you know, if I hadn't applied for an interest-free loan, I never would have bought the computer. I would have been sitting in the unemployment office. And now not only do I have the computer, but I'm paying back this loan. And she had four years to pay it back. I think I told you our COVID loans have fairly lenient payback terms. And I said, do you want to pay it back? You know, you don't have to pay it back right away. Maybe you need, you know, to keep hold of that money for a little while. She said, no, 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 I'm going to pay it back. So that was a nice story. That was a great story. How inspiring in the fact that with with such a value, with such a mitzvah that you're doing, how that part of the part is that it very easily then could go back out and help someone else, the fact that she got that. And then it's just like that, that brought in more ability for y'all to help more people. What a, what a great turnaround. Cause $5,000 isn't an insignificant amount. No, not at all. And it's been really heartwarming to see on both sides. Over the summer, a current borrower called me and he said, my wife and I both have kept our jobs. I wanna escalate my payments so that you'll have more money to loan out to other people. And then that was great. It was beautiful, right? And on the other side of the coin, we have current borrowers who lost their jobs who say, please, can I have a deferral until January or February because I can't make my payments? And I need that $25, $30, $50 a month, whatever it is. Sometimes it's $150. Um, But they needed that in order to eat and pay their rent until they got back on their feet. So it goes both ways. We've actually ran a program where we did a little bit of loan forgiveness for some of our borrowers who were in really tough situations. And that was really a nice feeling also. It was sort of a beautiful Hanukkah present. Sure is. Gosh, that, how does that come about? Like to approve something like that, who, who makes the, the decisions when it comes to loan forgiveness or reapplication or even application 
uh, for LEARN itself. Mm -hmm. So we have a loan committee, completely volunteer driven. We're very careful about confidentiality. So the applications come into our office, we process them and we create what we call a summary sheet, which is a little, it's de-identified summary information. So we always try to meet our borrowers face-to-face these days, computer to computer, with a representative from the loan committee. Sometimes two people will have a meeting, understand the needs, review the application, look at the budget, look at the finances, try to determine a reasonable payback plan for that applicant. And then whoever led that interview once a week, what they do is I set up a conference call and they present the loan to a minimum number of people on the loan committee to discuss the application and the loan terms in an anonymous fashion, and then it's either approved or modified, or sometimes they come back with more questions, they want more information, and then ultimately, hopefully, it's approved, and then it comes back to me in the office, and then we fill out the promissory note, which is basically a legal document describing the terms of the loan, and then the way we disperse the money and the borrower pays back on a regular basis is we set up ACH connections to their bank account. So it's pretty volunteer driven from application to approval process. Our loan committee is obviously our biggest committee and it's a great place to start because you talked about having that personal satisfaction of knowing that you're helping somebody and it doesn't get any better than that. Gosh, it sure doesn't. What is one thing that you want our listeners to know or to hear from you directly? Well, one wonderful thing would be to help us raise awareness. Um, We have a social media page. We'd love your listeners to look at our website and join our email list. We don't send out a ton of emails, but the ones we send, we like to think are somewhat interesting, right? And uh, we have a Facebook page and an Instagram. We have a LinkedIn presence. So raising awareness is key for us. If you know anybody who is in need of an interest-free loan, of course, refer them to us so that we can try to help as best we can. Another thing, we didn't touch on this too much, is you know, maybe somebody out in your listening world would be interested in being an angel guarantor. A lot of our borrowers are, don't have or are unable to find a guarantor, someone to stand behind them, to vouch for them, so to speak, or make guarantee their loans for whatever is needed. And we always like our borrowers to have a guarantor. And so having a back pocket full of angel guarantors is a wonderful way to get involved. It's a beautiful mitzvah. You can be anonymous or not, depending on your preference, but it's also a terrific way to get involved with our organization. What a creative way just across the spectrum of opportunities to get involved and even the incoming additional opportunities that y'all are going to be able to have and an offer for the Jewish community in Atlanta. So how do people find you and Jifla if, if they want to connect and get involved? Oh, well, the fastest and easiest way would be go to our website, Jifla, J-I-F-L-A dot org. It has a lot of information about us. Our application is on there, a link to our Facebook page, a link uh, button to uh, add us to your mailing list. You can also email me our office or me directly at any time. I'm nancy at jifla.org. And we have a, also a generic mailbox, office at jifla.org, J-I-F-L-A.org. We love to hear from people. We love hearing stories. We're actually part of a 
international free loan associations. So when we go to the conference, it's great to meet people from other cities that are, that are involved in their own free loan offices in their respective cities. Remarkable, it's absolutely remarkable. Well, I want to thank you so much for joining us for the Growth Exponential podcast and to wish you and Jifla tremendous success in all your worthy endeavors. Well, Bradley, thank you so much. I've really enjoyed talking with you. It's been a privilege to share information with your readers and listeners about Jifla. You've been listening to the Growth Exponential Podcast. If you know an executive director or nonprofit professional that you think I should interview, shoot me an email at bradley at growthexponential.org.